Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Behind the Bliss podcast. I'm your host, Mary Scott, and I am beyond thrilled to have my friend Sarah Parker Mounts on the show today. Sarah Parker is vivacious and fun and such a strong woman of God. We recently became friends when I moved to Columbia and I'm so thankful for how the Lord crossed our paths when we both needed it most. Sarah Parker is also a podcaster and she's also a single woman. Rachel and I both knew that a lot of our audience would crave godly wisdom from someone who has wrestled through and is still wrestling through a season of singleness. And Sarah Parker offers such meaningful perspective on contentment in today's episode. All right, y'all. So let's just dive on in. I can't wait for you to hear from my friend, Sarah Parker. Well, hey, Sarah Parker. Hey, Mary Scott. (laughs) So I got really jealous that they were all calling you Scotty on Dylan's. Do you have a Do you have a double name like nickname? Um. Well, a lot of people call me Sparks or SP, but like Sparks. I'm so I'm so adamant on calling people by their double name. You know. Well, and I will say it's really only Clemson friends that call me Scotty. Yeah. And Daniel did originally when we first met, and then he just kind of came back to my real. People get so confused. Like, what is your name? And then I blogged for a little bit at Sincerely Scotty. So then it was just like this whole thing. Yeah. It was a whole thing. But we are new friends. We're both double name people. I mean, it's kind of like a match made in heaven. It is. A double named heaven. It is a double named heaven. <laughs> and I think, you know, there's probably people listening on the show who are not Southern. But yeah, this is a normal thing around here. Very normal. I'll never forget when I um, went to PC to play volleyball, like we we reported before all the regular students. And so my coach was like, are you married? And I was 18 years old and I was like, no, I just have two names. <laughs> Why do you ask? Do you, when you go to Starbucks and they say, what can I have? Or when they ask for a name for the order, what do you do? Well, I'm most of the time mobile order and it says Sarah Parker. Okay. Well, I feel like I just, people are like, why'd you say Mary? And I'm like, it's just too complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. Anyway, I'm just grateful for another double name friend. I know. Um, but tell us who Sarah Parker is. Oh, God. Sarah Parker is, um, she loves, she loves life. Um, (laughs) I'm talking in the third person. I really enjoy, um, having a good time. Like no matter where that is, I can have a good time wherever I go. Um, I'm loyal. Um, I love to laugh and very loudly. Um, I love that. I mean, I'm so loud. Like, and, and, and I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, oh my gosh, so dramatic. And I was like, okay, there's a difference between dramatic. Like, yes, I can be very dramatic, but I don't cause drama. If that makes sense. You just love life. Yes. So, um, I'm an aunt. I'm an avid Clemson football fan. Go Tigers. Um, Go Tigers. Graduated from Clemson. And, you know, just this crazy journey of life has me in this place right now where I'm like, what is going on? But you're a podcaster. I'm a podcaster, which people think that it's like so cool. And I'm like, dude, you can have a podcast. <laughs> it's, it's funny when Rachel and I sat down to do this, we like tried to look up all the rules and it was just like, there are the SoundCloud and you're out, you're there. Yeah. As long as you're not like crazy. I, I mean, when they say you, you get approved, do you think that someone actually sits there and listens? I do. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, like you said, it's not hard, but you just started podcasting. Tell everyone what it's called and all the things. <laughs> it's called A Single Double Named Girl, which is a play on words because I am in a season of singleness. Actually, I've, I've never not really been in a single of season singleness, but, um, and then obviously I have two names, so. I love it. Well, it's amazing because we have a lot of mutual friends and our families go back for decades, which is kind of insane. Isn't that? Um, but I came across you, I feel like, mainly because I listened to your story on singleness on um, Shandon Baptist Church Women's Podcast. And yeah. I just knew instantly, this girl needs to come and talk to our audience because this is just a message people need to hear. And it's a message that isn't really talked about. And it's something that I can't speak to. Yeah. And it's something Rachel can't speak to. And we're so thankful when we get to have people who are different, Mm -hmm. but 
at the core, it's dealing with the same thing. It's just manifested in a different way. Right. Um, and so I just like, can't wait for you to talk about this. I, in preparation for this interview, I pulled on my, my Instagram followers and asked them questions on singleness. And I said, what does, um, something along the lines of what does singleness mean to you? And what is the hardest part of singleness? And I'm going to read a few of them to just kind of kick us off because I think it's important to know how big of a felt need this topic is and just how grateful I am that we're going to just try and talk about um, singleness, but also Jesus in yeah. the midst of singleness. Yeah. So um, some people said some of the hardest parts is not seeing anyone around is good enough to date. Mm. Sometimes I feel like I will never not be alone and never find love. Mm-hmm. Losing friends who start seriously dating and having to grieve not having a single friend. Mm-hmm. Lack of companionship. Um, when you're the last of your friends to, to not be in a relationship or to not be married. Mm-hmm. Um, the stigma that comes from living as a Christian in singleness mm-hmm. and what it means to be single in a culture that seems to promote marriage and we can talk all about that yeah um what do we do when it feels like god is ignoring our Mm. dreams Mm -hmm. and what it feels like to be someone's last priority Mm. because you're single Mm -hmm. and so can you kind of just take us back and tell us a little bit about just kind of um maybe the last decade Mm -hmm. um because you're 30 Mm -hmm. and what the 20s was like for you being single and kind of just how the lord um, I think I've heard you say drew you out to draw you back in. Absolutely. And just a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so I t- deeply struggled with a lot of insecurity. Um, I've always been a taller, bigger girl. And that's like just part of my story. You know, like I'm six six feet when I'm wearing shoes. And so um, I just really, really struggle with insecurity. And so when I really, when I got to Clemson, um just made some really poor decisions when it came to um, who I surrounded myself with and what I um, did with my spare time. And I think, you know, I was praying about it a couple nights ago and I'm, I can relate to so many different people. And like, while my sin burdens me, cause it does like my sexual promiscuity burdens me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lord really does turn beauty from ashes. And so, um, you know, I just lived a really wayward lifestyle. Like I never really got into drugs. Um, I, I partied hard. I, I love to party and I still like to party. I just don't take it to the extreme. Um, mainly cause I can't hang anymore, <laughs> but you know, Clemson was, um, I, I love Clemson so much cause there's like such a redeeming story to the university and to that time there. But yeah, basically I was really insecure and I needed someone to find me attractive. And so where, where do insecure girl girls go to find that is sex. Mm. And so, um, yeah, just from 20, from 22, really and truly, I would say 27, um, just working out why I was insecure and like all this time I've been in counseling. So, I mean, my twenties were just really plagued with a lot of depression, a lot of insecurity and really my theology was off, Mm -hmm. which is what we can get into that Mm -hmm. in a little bit. But I, you know, I was a victim. I I played the victim card. I am, you know me, I literally can't not quote Lisa T when it comes to anything because I, it's what I do with my life. But you know, there's the quote of, you know, I can be victorious or I can be victim where yeah. I can wave the victim card or I can be victorious. I'm really messing it up, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. That was the situation, but what, like, what was the turning point? You know, I, I don't know what, I really can't put a finger on that whole time where I was like, I don't need to be having sex to be considered worthy. Right. Um, I will say going to Israel and really being where Jesus walked and talked and, you know, I got baptized in the Jordan river and, um, a lot of my podcasts really came from, um, when I was like, I didn't know this, like God is so good. But like when I was on the sea of Galilee, um, 
I they asked us to read different scripture, and I happened to get um, Matthew. I'm going to read it because I don't like messing up the word of God. <laughs> That's important. But um, it's Matthew 14 where Jesus calls Peter out of the boat to walk on water. And so I read this entire um, scripture and I'm just going to read from 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I do not be afraid. And Peter, Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. So I just really feel like that's kind of where the Lord was like, you are done with your old ways. And that's not to say I didn't still struggle going forward because I did. Um, But that's kind of where the Lord drew me out to to draw me in. So what does it look like now to, to probably be walking with the Lord intimately and probably in some ways thinking, okay, I've cleaned it up and I'm 30 and I ridded myself of these things, but here I am and I still am confused on what you're doing with me. Yeah. You know, I think I just, sin is so entangling. And while I haven't, um, like I, I'm, I'm celibate, like I don't, I don't partake in that lifestyle anymore. And and the Lord's redeemed that. Um, I still struggle, you know, like sometimes I'm watching a movie and I'm like, I have to turn that off because like I lust, like Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. and like I've, I've met some very attractive men in, in the last six months and it has been really hard to be like, no, Mm -hmm. like you don't love Jesus. And so I can't go there with you. But I just really want to encourage people and anybody really like, you're not, not going to sin. Right. And he meets us in our mess and we're going to fail. Like we're going to fall on our face, but it's the repentance and it's coming to the cross and just laying it on there and being like, I don't want to keep doing this. Right. And so that's real. That's really big for me is to recognize my sin. And like, I have my journal out right here. Like I journal ferociously Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is me asking for forgiveness for lusting after a man or, you know, saying something that I probably shouldn't have said over Snapchat, you know, like it's just, it's very, very hard to walk a completely pure life as a single person. And I can't imagine as a married person, but I can only speak to a singleness. Well, it's interesting that you said that because while I'm married, I do feel like even in Daniel's deployment while he was gone for nine months, it's like I could taste a bit Mm -hmm. of what it would have been like to feel lonely. Yeah. And I think, I, I'm realizing even just through polling people that I think loneliness yeah. is the key yeah. and the biggest thing that people are struggling with. And so I would just be curious, like what is the biggest lie you think you are believing in your singleness? Man, there's so many. Um, I daily fight that um, you're not good enough. And I daily fight that um, I'm never going to find someone. And while that might be true, which is, you know, we can get into this later too, but like, that's not the issue. The issue is who do I believe Jesus is and what do I believe he's done for me? Right. Well, it sounds like based on just my conversations with you and just from what I'm hearing people say, a people feel as though that it has to be something wrong with them right. for them to be in this situation. Right. And two, how on earth can I fathom living a joyous, content life apart from this thing that seems to be the end-all, be-all for my life? Correct. Uh, I, I can't, like, yes. Um, I did a lot of prepping and a lot of listening. I just, you know, this is a heavy, this is a heavy topic, and it's, um, there's not a lot of people who can speak to it that are willing to speak to right. it. So I feel this, like, um, got, like, I feel this burden to make sure I say this full of the Holy Spirit and full of grace. But, you know, um, marriage, and I said this back in March, is not the end goal. And so when people think, you know, I'm disappointed. Okay, so I'm going to read a quote. This is not me. This I'm not this smart. I'm going to read a quote that I read today. So when I'm disappointed by God, there's a problem with my faith. Mm. I am not trusting him as my all-satisfying treasure. Yeah. So when we're disappointed, it's because we have elevated something else yeah. above Jesus. Right. 
And honestly, what a gift that disappointment is, because if we weren't left disappointed, how would we ever want him? Right. You know? Right. Which is, you know, no matter if you're single or not, you're you're finding that discontent and that disappointment in something. Right. I mean, God, that piece of chocolate, did it really do what I thought it was going to do? <laughs> right. I know. And then what are we running to to find that, too? Which is a whole nother thing. Right. Um, gosh, so many things. I, I think... I think it really boils down to, well, and I really can't say this because I don't want to speak as if I know, but it, and it comes down to just wondering, like, do I, do I believe that God is enough for me Yeah. in this season? Yeah. I mean, I, I have really checked myself because I do not want to sound like a hypocrite when I say this, because I know so many people have come into my life that have been like, I know how you feel. I'm like, no, you don't. You have a husband and three kids. I'm freaking 30. Like my eggs are dying as I speak. Like you don't know how I feel. Right. And that's, you know, that's my sin nature and my anger. But it's people's intent are so good. Like obviously people don't mean to hurt you, but I'm telling anyone who's listening, who's single, I'm single. Like I'm not Sort of married. Sort of. I'm, I'm in this with you. I'm in the trenches with you. And I wish I would have had someone in my early 20s that was as vocal <laughs> as I am about this. Um, but honestly, Mary Scott, like this is going to sound really harsh. And I've really, really wrestled with saying this. But it boils down to your theology. Okay, go into it. And what you believe about God. Okay. So... What do you think people are believing about God? I think that, you know, I you, you forwarded me some of the questions, and, and we both said how saddening it was. And I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to get some heat from it, but the church has failed singles. Okay. I, this literally was one of these things. I wanted to know, what has the church's role been in your pain and singleness? Um, a lot. And when I say church, I don't mean my personal church. I mean the big Capital C church. C, yeah. Yes. Um, people don't know what to do with us. Yeah. And I've said that before. And, you know, it's like, do we stick them all together? Do we stick them in Sunday school classes with married people? Um, I, I honestly do not enjoy going to single Sunday school. I do it out of obedience Mm -hmm. because I'm called to be obedient and I have to check my heart on on every Sunday when I'm about to walk into that room, it is very hard for me to go to single Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Um, but the church has failed singles. And I'm not the only... I was listening to a podcast. Annie F. Downs had Banning. I can't even pronounce his last name. The guy who pastors Jesus Culture in Sacramento. And he said the same thing. The church has failed singles. And I'm not saying that as a, I'm not bitter. It's just a fact. And I think a lot of people who are in tune to singleness or singles ministry would agree with me on that. For sure. Going off of that, like, do you feel like you struggle internally with knowing what your role in as a godly woman is apart from your singleness? Do you know, have you ever read any article from Babylon B? Do you know what that is? No. Okay. It's basically a satire on Christianity. Okay. (laughs) Like it's really funny. Kind of like those Christian things say YouTube videos. Exactly. So, um, they posted something this year and it said, <laughs> this is so funny because it's so true. It said, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, it was like, young girl gets married, finally considered a real Christian. Right. I mean, that's really what, that's how I feel. Right. Yeah. Because how do you read Proverbs 31 and say, how, how what, where am I in this? Right. And I think that's so hard, and it's a lie. I mean, you can read through that, all the things yeah. and realize that you can do any part of that yeah. apart from absolutely, husband, or and apart from kids, whether you're married and you can't be a mom. What has it been like for you as a daughter in your singleness? As a daughter? Ooh. Um, so the Lord really um, redeemed me. And, I, and I, this is probably where I'm going to cry. I said I wasn't going to cry, but... Um, so my father is the is kind of the one that discovered all of my sin, and um, it, it just broke our relationship. And my dad has been a tremendous example of how Jesus loves me by him just forgiving me. So it's been yeah, he's like, and he's not perfect, 
Like, but, you know, it's been such a cool story to see how he can redeem broken relationships. And my dad has loved me through a lot of crap. Do you feel like you deal with a lot of um, shame when it comes to being single at your age around your parents? You know, it's so funny. No, I don't. Like, I broadcast it that I live with my parents and I'm 30. And, you know, I'll I'll come home from work. And really and truly, like, I go up to my room because I've been around people all day. You know, I'll pop down and say hey to them. But I'm in my room for for the rest of the night. And they... I can, I can honestly say this. Like I tell my dad all the time, I'm like, dad, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a lot of weddings so I can move out. And he's like, you can stay here as long as you want. So, you know, they, I do want to move out. Like that is the goal. Like I do not want to live with my parents till I'm 40, but I just don't really want to pay rent in Columbia, South Carolina. I hear you. What has it been like for you to have community Mm -hmm. with married people, male and female? Mm -hmm. Um, in a season where you're 30, mm-hmm. you have great friends. They're in different seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, what has that been like? Yeah. Um, excuse me. My best friends, um, who I went to Clemson with don't live here. So, um, one lives in Greenville and one lives in Charlotte and they got married. Um, Kaki got married a year ago and Lindsay's been married for, I think two or three years. I can't remember. Um, but I've, I've always been the third wheel, always. So that's really never been an issue for me. And um, so when George and Megan got to Shandon, um, I just kind of plugged myself right into that family. And um, so I, I'm basically a fan. Like, they will say, oh, there's Sarah Parker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but <laughs> the George has made himself, George and Megan have made themselves so accessible to me, which I find has been so instrumental in in my theology because, like, I've been wrestling with this for two years now. Like, do I believe God is who he says he is? And um, over the summer, I'll never forget, I, like, flew, like, they live, like, right down the road. And so I just, I didn't call or tell anyone I was coming. I just got in my car and I, I walked in their house and they were having family dinner. And I sat down and I said, George, I need to have a conversation about the sovereignty of God. And he was like, okay. okay. And just for like reference, George and Megan Wright are the pastor or the pastor and his wife at Shannon Baptist Church, which is a church in Columbia. And they're incredible people. But that's, that's what I think I'm learning too. And asking myself as a married person, like what is my role as a married person and in, in the lives of my single friends? And I think it's just that. It's you just creating, be a friend. It's just creating space. Absolutely. Like, I think we're, I think sometimes we overthink it. Like, be a friend. Right. It doesn't matter what stage of life they're in. Like, can they text you at any time? Yeah. Right. Okay, well, let's just have a conversation. And I think it's also a lie to think that married people only want to be with each other all the time. That's so true. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and what a joy it is to open up your home and have people where you can love on. Um, but yeah, like, what would you say to someone who... That's a lie. Don't believe it. And if and if you feel that way around people, then I would question who you're hanging around. It's true. Because if you're, if you're around Bible-believing Christians who are walking out their faith, they will welcome you with open arms. And they, and they will spur you on because I have not found that to be the case at all. Like, it's quite the opposite for me. I, I'm friends with a lot of married people, and I spend a lot of time with married people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, that's a lie. Don't let Satan isolate you. Right. Because as we've said a zillion times, isolation is the key yep. to yeah. that idle thinking, the torment of thoughts, yeah. all the things. Um, what would you say has, what's it been like to mourn a season mm. that you thought you would be living that you're not living right now? This is like my sister-in-law, like she texted me last night and she was like, I want to know what you're going to say to that. And I was like, no, I'm not telling you before the podcast comes out. <laughs> Those are some, I mean, you definitely didn't hold back punches on that. Um, it's such a good question. Um, okay, so I looked up. I was like, okay, I can I can look back in seasons of my life and look like what it, it, it meant for me to mourn. I've, mourn. I've mourned the loss of a friend. I've mourned the loss of um, actually multiple friends. So I know what it looks like to mourn. And so for me, I think that mourning looks like sorrow. Like mm-hmm. I, it is like, I don't, 
the first step for me was also to recognize that I'm not in a season I want to be in. Like, like three years ago, I'd have been like, oh my God, I like that. It's fine. Every, it's fine. Everything's fine. No. Now I'm just like, okay. Like we all know I'm single and I might be single for the rest of my life if that's what God calls for me. Um, but I think as believers, it doesn't stop at the morning. You know, our morning needs to turn into joy. And I always like, have you seen Gone with the Wind? Yes. It's okay. Oh yes. my gosh. So Scarlett O'Hara, she's like, I can't think about that right now. I'll think about that in the morning. Like, that's just kind of how I am. Like, I really do take it day by day. So I'll wake up and say, okay, what's, what's God have for me today? And if, you know, if something's up or if I need, I need to mourn something, um, I mourn it. And then I'm like, all right, you know, because again, I've said this before, contentment is a choice. Well, exactly. I do think we have to just decide. And just coming from a married person, that I'm not satisfied. You know what I mean? Right. And I think Ugh. that's the lie. Like Hollywood. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I fight this every day too. Like, oh, marriage isn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And we think if we get to that that season or that size or that job, whatever it could be, then I'll find this. And that's just, that's the whole point. Like now I might be thinking just when I can have my first baby, that's, and I'm going to get there and it's going to be hard as heck, you know? And it's just this continuum. And I think it's not singleness that makes it a contentment. It's it's life. Yeah. And it's life on this side of eternity, you know? And so how would you say God has been meeting you Mm. as he's been nurturing your heart Mm. and, in, in the reality that this could be forever yeah. or that it is today. Yeah. Um, really and truly, it, I have had to um, really dig deep into what I believe about Jesus. Okay, yeah. So let's really dive into that. What do you feel like you believed three years ago? So, and, you know, I don't want, like, I'm 30. Like, I'm, I'm ahead of a lot of people listening. So mm-hmm. at 21, 22, 23, 24, I probably believed the same thing because again, I wasn't taught the right things. Mm -hmm. Um, but someone asked, do you believe that God created us to be single? God created us to glorify him. We're image bearers. We are image bearers of our almighty King. Mm -hmm. So God, you don't deserve your destiny. Mm Like, he's already paid for that on the cross. So you, there is nothing we deserve. Right. So I'm going to quote another article just because, like, this is, this sums up what I think a lot of Christian women in their early 20s who got out of college and didn't get married or didn't get the ring, you know? The ring and they're like, okay, what do I do now? Um, and and the only reason I'm, I'm being so adamant about this is because I lived it and I'm still living it. So I feel like I can speak right to that pain is because I feel it with y'all. Like it's not, again, like I'm still single, but I really, really had to change my outlook on God mm-hmm. and who he was. So, and, and that was part of the sovereignty questions that I was asking George. Like I went directly to someone who I knew, knew the word of God, and I just sat down with them, and I was like, I, I need to wrestle through some of that. Which, before you even get into what you believed and what you believe now, is another huge thing that we could speak into as a role as a married person or just a person in general is to attach yourself with people just one step ahead Yep. who you know, no matter what, are in prayer. They're in the word of God. Yeah. They're in tune with the Holy Spirit. They're living in gospel-centered community that yeah. you trust. And so I'm thankful that you kept saying that because it's important that, and and he's a married man. Yeah. Um, that, you know, and you have an awesome relationship with his wife as well. Yeah. And like, that is just so important. And yeah. so I'm glad, I just wanted to point that out yeah. that you and your singleness as a 30 year old and you're wrestling with who, who is God and what am I doing here? Yeah. You have that availability yeah. and that's why it's so important because and if you not, don't, you're going to go to the world. Yeah. And if you don't have that availability, like... I there's so many Bible studies in, like around the state of South Carolina, and I know that not everybody lives in South Carolina, mm-hmm. but there are so many resources to get you plugged into a church and yeah. to a community. And if you need those resources, Reach text out. me or mm-hmm. DM me, and I will give them to you because mm-hmm. really and truly, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so what did you do? I want to hear. So I really wrestled, and I'm like, okay, I keep hearing, you know, we sing "Good Good Father" mm-hmm. and um, "King of My Heart." And all these songs, and I was like, is he good? 
Is he good? Mm -hmm. And so before I turned 30, I was like, okay, God, are you good? And, um, you know, his definition of good may not in that season be my definition of good. Right. It's just like if we were, had our kids, which neither of us have, like, and they were like, hey, mom, can I have a Snickers for dinner? We'd be like, no. Exactly. And it sounds like, well, that's what I want, but we know it's better for you. And so no. I mean, it's so stupid to say it like that, but it's in the big scheme of things, we don't know what's best for us. Right. Um, so, you know, I wish I would have, I wish I would have done this earlier because my twenties wouldn't have been plagued with a lot of crap that it was plagued with because, but again, like this is all so sovereign and so timely. Like I now can look back and speak with authority over some of like, and they were the building blocks of who you are. Exactly. Like my biggest failures have been, have now become, I mean, I can talk about being the sad chick. I can talk about being the other woman. I can talk about, you know, sexual misconduct. Like I can, I can talk about all of that, but it, but God turned that into good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you let him. Yeah. I was surrendered. Yeah. I mean, I did come kicking and screaming a lot. (laughs) I mean, I did, but, um, now I'm completely surrendered. Right. But, you know, women, I just really, really want single women to less readdress and re and pivot to what we believe about God. So I'm going to read this quote. Um, To live is not to marry. Mm -hmm. To live is not to raise children. Mm -hmm. To live is not to find the one. To live is Jesus Christ. That's so good. Like, that's, that's, that's it. And again, speaking to someone who is married, like that is also an important reminder because Daniel's never going to be my God. Yeah. You know, and this is, this is not just a message on singleness. It's a message on contentment and we believe God is who he says he is. So you ask the question, God, are you good? Yeah. And what did he say? You know, I, it took, I, I would definitely say like I had a boyfriend um, I met a man um, through uh, Lululemon, and he was great. Um, but it was right after he broke up with me that, I mean, God just started just just really showing up. And, and because I decided to be transparent, and instead of internalizing, I externalized. So, like, like this, this picture I sent you last night of me crying. Like, I'm going to let people know that they are not alone in how they feel. That you're behind the bliss. Yes. I Like, this is what it looks like to be behind the bliss. Um, and he just, like, like through people, because, you know, God uses people. He does. And through people and through me digging into the Word of God and, and wrestling with some really big theological questions... Um, he just like, I, I tried to run Mary Scott. Like I tried to say this Christianity thing is just not for me. And, and I still have people today who, I mean, I've been called a lunatic, which I think is hysterical. Cause I'm like, well, yeah, I am. But <laughs> crazy for Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Like, and that's not the only place I'm a lunatic. Um, but you know, he just, he just keeps showing up and keeps satisfying my soul. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there's three passages of scripture I want to read, and we can read them at any time. And recently, they're the ones that I just keep clinging to because... Go for it. Let's read them. Um, <clears throat> I'm in the study right now um, in First Corinthians. We're doing First and Second Corinthians. And when I talk about me loving to have a good time, y'all, I used to really struggle with my vivacious personality. Like, I'm in your face. I'm loud, I'm boisterous, and I'm going to tell it like it is. And I just really, like, that's where a lot of insecurity came. And so I was like, I can't be that way. Like, Have you read um, Dance, no, not Dance and Run, but what was the other one that Jess wrote? Yeah. Uh, about dealing with being, having a personality yeah. and all the things. Like, believing the lie. And that's another thing Satan could whisper. Like, Absolutely. You're, you're way too much, girl. Oh, oh, I you was told that. I was told, I've been told that by men, that I'm way too much. Which is a whole nother segment. <laughs> But um, I just love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians um, 10, 31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Yeah. And so if I'm at a Clemson football game, you know, cheering on my Tigers, like I'm going to be able to do that for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. If I'm in Beirut, Lebanon in a um, camp, a refugee camp, that's for the glory of God. 
if I'm outside shoving Attila's poop up, that's mm-hmm. for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. If I'm at Southern Way dealing with people's weddings who fall apart, that's for the glory of God. Right. That really just resonates with me because that's just, we're, as Christians, we're, we're not, we're, we're supposed to have joy. Right. And it's, and we're supposed to, our lives are supposed to be an example to, about the love and grace of God. And if we're not walking around like that, why would people want to turn to Christ? Exactly. I, well, I want you to finish what you were going to read, but I, my question after that would be like, what have people said <laughs> other than you being a lunatic? Like what have people said to you about the yeah. changes within you? But you can go to that later if you want. No, we, I mean, I can, I'm going to read the scripture no matter what. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, there's one, there's one particular instance that just like really haunts me. And, um, I was at dinner with um, two friends, and they were not. N- neither one of them are believers, and um, and I hang out with a, no- a lot of non-believers. Um, I am strong enough in my faith to do that, which I wouldn't recommend for a lot of people because you can get pulled down, and I and I have been pulled mm-hmm. down. But um, we were at Casa Linda eating Mexican, and I don't know what happened, but we got into the conversation of marriage, and all three of us were single. And, you know, we started talking and the guy was sitting across from me and he was like, well, Sarah Parker, what do you believe about marriage? And I was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) And I just said, you know, I just believe it's a covenant and I believe that is a reflection of how Christ loves the church. And it is my desire for me to remain sexually pure until I meet the man who I'm going to marry. Right. After I say I do. And he looked at me and he said, no man is ever going to wait for you. And that, Mary Scott, like I came home and I'll I'll never forget, I sat on my steps and I told my mom, I just cried. And I don't know if I was crying because I believed it to be true or if I was crying because I was upset that he felt that way or like that, you know, men won't wait, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but that has been such, and, and I looked at him and I said, you know what? You might be right, but I still believe my God is good. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get married, that's not going to change who I believe he is. Okay. Now, five years ago, I would have just raised, you know what? And been like, ah, and thought that, but I don't care what he thinks. Right. And, and my, and if no man ever waits on me, I have a man who died on a cross for me. That was good. So that was good. And just like you were saying how God uses people to encourage us, I think the enemy would totally tap into something that another human said. Yeah. To completely destroy us. And I yeah. do that all the time. And I think it's something that so many of us um, deal with. So going back to just your journey of really rediscovering who the Lord was, especially in your singleness, like what else did he teach you when you were contemplating are you good? Yeah. Um, so I talk a little, I talked a little bit about the death of people and, um, really and truly. So Israel happened and then we got back from Israel and, um, a friend of mine whose mother and brother went on the trip, died in a car accident on December 23rd. So we got back November 1st. She died December 23rd. I had a friend from Clemson, die February of ovarian cancer. Wow. And then a year later, um, Jamie Levinis passed away. Mm-hmm. And so like with his death, it just kind of catapulted me in, into having like, how do you reconcile that the God of the universe is good when you've lived through three premature deaths? And you can say that about any situation. Exactly. Like, yeah. And, and, and what I came to was that it was for his good. And, and more people are going to come to know him because of it. Right. Well, going back to all of what you were saying, I think it's what I'm hearing you say is that when you challenge the Lord to show up and reveal, like ask him to reveal himself to you, he will. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we have to, like we really can't just say, Lord, I want you to come and speak into this and show me how you are good. And also, and he will he can take our disappointment? Like I don't know where we got this whole like you cannot tell the Lord you're disappointed because 
He know already knows. Yeah. Like there are pages in this journal where I'm, I'm like, I am angry. Which I think is another important thing to say. Like you're allowed to come honestly to the throne of grace. <laughs> exactly. You know, and boldly. Exactly. Because he made you who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Just read the Psalms. Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, just, and so, so, so wrestling with, do I believe God is who he says he is? You know, just, I just continually, that's just always in my head. So I'm going to take us now to Romans. Um, this has been my like anthem for the past, um, couple weeks because I, I just, this is just so good. I mean, this is just, oh. This is just, it just fires me up to talk about this. Um, I have it because, you know, the holiday season's hard because, oh, are you dating anyone? No, if I was, he'd be here. You know, like I have to go to a family Christmas party Sunday. Mm-hmm. I would rather, there's a lot of things I'd rather do. I d- I'm not looking forward to it. And I'm going to get asked if I'm dating. And, you know, I'm just like, I have got to be full of grace when I, when I answer these questions because a lot of my family members aren't Christians, but, you know, and, and, and they're the people that think you need a man to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, okay, how do I represent Jesus in this? But the biggest, the biggest thing for me and the biggest conviction that I have in my life is to believe he is who he says he is. So Paul says in Romans um, 4, 20 through 22, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promises of God, mm-hmm. but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Well, and if we don't believe that, why are we getting out of the bed in the morning? Right. You know? Right. It's, it's so, it's just so hard. Um, and I'm just really grateful to know how the Lord has met you in those places as you've wrestled um, the last three years of just like, Lord, take me on a journey of like showing me who you are, because yeah. obviously I, you know, I'm at a place where I'm willing to hear it and I need to hear it yeah. because I'm just starting to wonder if all of this is worth it. Yeah. And you know, when you ask, when you ask him and you, and you come to the throne humbly and he, and he sees your authenticity and he knows your heart, he knows your heart. He knows ladies, he knows that you want a husband. Like he knows that, but that might not be the best for you right now. Yeah. And 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 that's where you have to trust him. Yeah. Like I always tell people my biggest example in that is that I freaking love Clemson football. And so I've lived the dream the past three years being able to travel and watch them play. Like I've been I was at the national championship in Arizona. I was at the national championship when we won and I'm going to Dallas um when when we play there. And if I was married with children, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. Or if I've been married at all, like I, you know, God forbid he doesn't like Clemson. Right. <laughs> we gonna have some fights, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, like that's just I've been able to travel. I've been able to go to Israel. I've been able to go to Lebanon. I've been able to serve. I can serve George and Megan. Mm-hmm. I can serve my brother and sister in law. My three nuggets, mm-hmm. like. The, like he will come through and you will be fulfilled in, 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 in serving others. Totally. Totally. Um, I, I would love for you to dive in a little bit about what you, like, what's your definition of contentment? Mm. My, okay. I wrote this down too, because this is so deep, Mary Scott. Like this is deep. These are deep questions. Deep People questions. are wrestling with this. Like contentment. Okay. Contentment. Okay. I'm going to just kind of read um, cause I really, really prayed over this. Like I just really prayed over these answers, but contentment is joy. Even when some days aren't great. Right. Contentment is spending time with people who you love. Yeah. Contentment is trusting that whatever I have for that day, that is God's goodness for me that day. And, I think that's it. Yeah. And, and you know, like, um, Lauren Daigle, rebel heart. I'm, I'm a rebellious woman. I want to rebel. Like that is in my, that is my nature is to rebel. I don't like boundaries. I don't like rules. I'm going to push the envelope as far as it can go. And my favorite line in her song is, is take my life and let it be 
Um, or Tay. Okay, I'm not going to sing it on this podcast. But, you can. Um, uh, what is it? Tay. Um, anyway, she just basically is laying down her rebel heart at the throne. Yeah. And I do that. Like, I really do that every morning when I get in my car because I'm just blaring that song at the top of my lungs. But I'm, 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 I have a rebel heart. And if he can, if he can draw me out of the pit of, des- of despair and, and, and um, set me on a rock to proclaim his goodness, he can do it for anybody. And what an awesome reminder because that's what I'm saying. Like, it's living proof that no one is too far off and... And like, it's like the song Reckless Love says, I hate to be cheesy, but like, there is no way we can outrun the love of God. No. You can't. You it's said you so tried. extravagant. You tried. I mean, it's so <laughs> extravagant. Like, we can't escape it. We, we were can't. created as image bearers of God to bear his image. Yeah. In his image. Yeah. We can't help it. It's how we were, it's how we were created. Yeah. Um, so whether you're not walking with the Lord or you are, you're bearing an image of something, but deep down, you know, I I really do believe that deep down, you know, and I think I heard you say too, contentment isn't Jesus plus no something else. No, it's not. And I was listening to, um, Banning in on Annie F. Downs podcast, and I just hope one day either you get to interview her or I get to interview her because she's, <laughs> y'all, she's thirty eight and single. So let's talk about that. Mm. You know, like what do that. You do? That is, and she's doing exactly what the Lord has called her to do, which is like I'm like you go, girl. Mm-hmm. Like in any way, I like promote Annie F. Downs because she remembers God's promises, even though He hasn't brought her a husband. Right. Totally recommend her book. Absolutely. I bought it and I'm reading it on the plane. But Banning says, you know, we need to, who in our lives are we submitted to? You know, so like, it's not obedience plus. Mm -hmm. It's it's obedience to Jesus. Right. And that, like, y'all, like, I don't want you to think that I have this, like, Oh my gosh, I'm so obedient. Y'all, I'm so terrible. Like, I have <laughs> terrible thoughts sometimes. And I literally have to repent. Almost minute by minute, which I've said before. But it is. Like, if it, you're, it, you can really, really figure out where your heart is by how obedient you want to be to Jesus. And you know what? This is going to be really tough. But a lot of that manifests itself in your sexual purity. Totally. Yikes. You going to go there? Yeah, I'm going to go there. <laughs> because I because I loved it, mm-hmm. you know? And it is so taboo to not have sex. It's true. It, it is so taboo to Especially be single. Especially at 30. Yeah, and your body changes at 30, and it just goes all kind of crazy. <laughs> and it is unbelievable what happens. Anyways, we won't go there. Um <laughs> I just want to read, I want to read another quote because I live, I mean, obviously I read a lot, but I, and I want, I'm going to ask you to put like in the description of where I'm quoting a lot of this from. Absolutely. Um, Sexual purity will become beautiful to the one who treasures God above all else. God can and will transform a broken past into a spotless, into spotless purity. Well, and I think that's why you were able to say to that guy at the Mexican restaurant that you were going to, like, you were acting as this this wasn't your past. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't. No. It isn't. It's not a thing anymore. And I'm very honest about it. Like, I'm not a virgin. Right. And um, I, to- I told my, my, my sweet mother, y'all, Mama Mounts, Lord, um, I told her, I said, Mom, I'm going there. I feel like it's time because I've been very quiet about it. Um people in my inner circle have, have known the struggle, but, um, I've never publicly came out and said, I'm not a virgin. So I'm not a virgin, but, um, God has totally and completely redeemed that. And I wish I could get into my 24 year old, 23 year old self and just tell her what I know now to be true about who God is. What would you say to her? I would say a lot. You're an idiot, first off. But, you know, we put so we put so much um, value in a man. Y'all, I met this really, 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 really handsome guy who, um, so I was working a wedding, um, and Nikki Haley, the former slash ambassador to the UN, and he was beautiful. And he walks up, and 
we're talking and so I end up going out to Tin Roof with them after the event and I told my parents were guests at the wedding and I said I'm gonna go to Tin Roof I, I knew some of the guys because they had, they were local law enforcement and so we talked a little bit and he was great I and mean, he's great we, we're friends today we still talk um but he asked <laughs> this makes me laugh so hard because I'm like what <laughs> like if I was 22 I probably would have done this but he said, hey, well, my hotel's right around the corner. Do you want to go back with me? And I looked at him, and I was like, who do you think I am? I would love to see your personality get out in that situation. I mean, and I was a teensy bit taller than him, too, so my whole, like, dominance thing came out. And I just said, I don't really think that that is – I don't – you obviously don't know me, but that's not what I'm about. And so – I said, I really hope you'll have a great rest of the night, but I'm going to go. And it was such a pleasure to meet you. And I really hope that we can continue to talk, you know, because I, I think that he's been such an asset to me because I, I text him all the time. Like, I have a question. And he's like, oh, God. Like, he's very, very honest with me about um, things that men think. So it's right. been such a cool thing to have him uh there but the next morning he texted me and said after I didn't go back home with him um <laughs> he said I want you to know that no girl has ever turned me down like that and I said and I bet you're gonna remember me mm. and we're still friends well and I think at the end of the day that I think that speaks volumes because at the end of the day they're struggling with something internally as well and it's 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 taking the purity of, I heard someone say once, purity is not just about not having sex. Right. It's about a relationship with the pure one. Right. And, and it, again, like it all boils down to who do you treasure more, sex or Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like, y'all, that sounds really harsh. And I really prayed about not sounding harsh when it, when I talked about sex. But like, if, if you're, if your boyfriend or fiance is asking you to have sex and claims to be a Christian, run. Right. And as a married person, if that's manifesting itself before marriage, there's going to be something internally that manifests itself in marriage. It doesn't matter. They could be the godliest people you know. Something is going to get harder in marriage because Satan hates married people that love the Lord. And so it's going to be something. And so it's so important to hear that. I know this is a message on singleness, but you have to know... That the moment you get married, it's not going to get easier. Right. It doesn't get easier. Um, and so I'm so glad you said that because it's so important in our day and age to heed warnings, no matter how painful it is. But marriage is, quote unquote, forever. Unfortunately, our culture doesn't believe that. Right. Um, so it's easy to escape. But it is forever if you believe that. And mm-hmm. so it's gonna, something's going to come up. And so if you can heed those warnings early, I think that's huge. And, and I did it. And I did it heed those warnings. And um. I also want to make sure that y'all hear me when I say that was really that was really hard for me to turn him down. Right. I mean, he probably was one of the best looking men I've ever seen. <laughs> like I was like, like I, I mean, I freeze like I'm a nut, so I just freeze. But it was really, really hard to say no to that. And and I'm I, there's no shame in me admitting that because that's my human nature. And yes, we were we were meant to reproduce and to have sex, but. In the bounds of a covenant marriage. Right. And if and if someone's telling you otherwise, you need to get some other friends. Mm-hmm. If, if they're claiming to know Jesus and love Jesus and walk with Jesus and they're telling you it's okay to have sex before you're married, let's talk. Mm-hmm. I want to read, I want to read um, one more thing about sex and then we can obviously move on for this really awkward topic which I don't think it's awkward at all like I love talking about it because I'm like this is such a struggle <laughs> like it's just well, and it's important I think to hear that like God specializes in using really broken unqualified human beings to share about who he is and so that's why we are okay talking about it yeah like I just they're just like he is just so good to, to like I just wish I could get some people into my brain of what I what I used to think um you know, sex was. And I'm going to read two quotes. This is John Piper talking. This is a Desiring God article. Um, He spoke this at the 2007 Passion Conference, y'all, and it's 2018. And and he knew this, he knew the sexual, all this stuff was coming, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, 
he says that, you know, we, we as believers, we as children in, in church, they were not taught how to deal with the guilt of sexual fa- failure. The problem is not just how to not fail. The problem is how to deal with the fa- failure so that it doesn't sweep you away into a whole life of wasted middle-class mediocrity with no impact for Christ. Mm. How many people do y'all know that are like that? Mm. Like that burdens me. Right. Just living. That you just settled. Right. You settled. Like that sounds really Well, harsh. I'm going back to singleness. We could do a whole thing on being single and not settling. Yeah. Because, you, know? you know, I like... I, I don't like also like I get I don't get asked out I I, I get I have people slide into my DMs. <laughs> that was very hip. Thanks. I try to be hip. Um, which I think Instagram is a wonderful tool, and I've never been I've never been offended or anything really vulgar has ever been said to me. But I wish men would take the initiative and and send me a text message or or call me. Um, because I think that. I actually, I don't think I know. And I have been told that I am intimidating and I know that and I'm working on it, but I, there are, there are men out there who obviously don't want your best intentions, but that, that do need a little bit of grace when it comes to the first step. And I'm, and I literally cried about that like last week because I know that I can just be super out there and not everybody's as transparent as me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, the last thing I want to say about sex, (laughs) so funny. I I love that. I'm so like, we had to, we had to talk about first Corinthians a couple weeks ago in Bible study. And I was like, okay, I know no one's going to talk about the sex, so I'll talk about it, but (laughs) someone's got to go first. Someone's got to, someone's got to talk about it. I'll talk about it. Um, I just want to encourage anyone who, like me, has dealt with an impure sexual past. And whether it be by choice or if you were sexually assaulted or anything like God, he will redeem all broken things. Mm -hmm. Like, I want you to hear me when I say that. John Piper says, God took the record of all your sins, all your sexual failures that made you a debtor to wrath. And instead of holding them up in front of your face and using them as a warrant to send you to hell, he put them in the palm of his son's hand and nailed them to the cross. Like that makes me have tears in my eyes. Wow. Is that not, I mean, that's, that's our God. And that's not just sexual sin. That's all sin. Exactly. You know, wow, that is amazing. So you asked me why I believe God is good because he did that for me. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, wow. This has been a very heavy topic. And I think it's it's all the things that people want to know about singleness. Yeah. Um, so what would Sarah Parker at 30 mm. say to the Sarah Parker at 20 and 25? Yeah. And again, hear me when I say I don't... It, your hurt is not... Your hurt is not to be... Um, your hurt is real. Mm-hmm. And my hurt is real. And, and there's well, this is not a conversation to diminish no, disappointment or no, pain or no discontent. Right. Because we're all going to walk through that. We're all going to walk through, whether it be in singleness, in marriage, or anything, we're going to walk through what it feels like to be disappointed. But what do you do with that disappointment? You know? Like, what do I do? That's what I wish I could have told the younger Sarah Parker is quit being the victim and walk like you were bought with a price, mm. you know? Mm. And like, also, I want to make sure people hear me when I say, I have really, really tough days. Really tough days. I sent Mary Scott a picture of me bawling my eyes out last night because <laughs> I knew that I was about to storm the gates of hell talking about things that Satan really doesn't want us to hear. Yeah. But also, I had a bunch of men texting me last night. Isn't that funny? I know it's not. It's. I mean, I it's, mean you should just, just know attack I mean, even, after attack. I I think it's important. That's a whole other thing. Like we could talk about spiritual warfare all day, all day. But I, it shouldn't be a shock when it comes, especially right. when you're preparing for something like this. Yeah. I mean, even today, I like Dana and I like argued about something we haven't fought about in months. But today would have been one of those days where yeah. it would have impacted me more. Yeah. And that was on purpose. And so I should know ahead of time. To be prepared, yeah. to have a shield up, to do you know the word of God, that. yeah, and you to know? just saturate yourself in absolutely in truth. Like if if the word of God has to be, if you call yourself a believer, the word of God is 
the final authority in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it will sustain you. And it is the bread of life. Yeah. But again, you know, like there are tough days. There are very tough days. Like you can ask Mama Mountains and Big Steve. There are some days where I just can barely get up. But Psalm 3-3, he's the lifter of my head. Yeah. And this is this is what it means to walk with the Lamb. That's, that's right. That's right. I, lo- I love that. Yeah. Because we all are going to. Yeah. We all have our thing. And... And knowing that that limp is probably the area in which you will continue to stumble and yet God will still be manifested in your life. Yeah, I hate to be cliche, but he takes our biggest messes and turns it into the biggest message. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So cliche. That's a sticky statement. I love that. That's what we call those at Proverbs. <laughs> those are some good sticky statements. Well, we can just exhale for a second. I kind of yeah. want to switch gears and just like... Let's just lightheartedly, like, what are you loving right now? Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm so excited. We are free. <laughs> yes. Um, I, you know, Christmas, I'm, I'm traveling a lot. So I love to travel. So um, my three, uh, my two nephews and niece are my absolute joy right now. They are so fun to be around. Um, they are, I just love being around them. I'm really excited to go to Dallas to watch Clemson. Okay. Um, that is I just cannot wait. Um, the Lord really did something cool with a friend of mine who went to Clemson. He really restored a relationship. So it's just kind of kind of be this really fun weekend where we get to spend some time together. Um, and then I leave at the end of January to go to Lebanon. I saw that you posted about this. I did yeah. not know. Tell so us Shan- one of Shannon Baptist's big thing is to live sin. And um, Matt Chandler talks about if, if anyone needs a good sermon series on singleness, he has a really, really great sermon series on singleness. Okay, I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. And George, and George has a really good, um, um, sermon on sex too. Not to, not to go back to that, but, um, so where I don't really know. Oh, Matt Chandler challenges us as singles to serve because we have the time. Hmm. And Paul talks about that too. Yeah. Um, so Beirut, Lebanon, going to refugee camp with Shandon to teach English to the to the kids. How long is it? It's a week. Okay. Yeah, I Are love the Middle East. Yourself? No, I will not let Mama Mounts travel alone. So I am her bodyguard. But then, in fact, I'm the one who has to wear a head covering wherever we go because I'm taller than everybody in this bright blonde hair. She's like, oh my gosh, put a head covering on. That's amazing. Yeah, but I won't let her go anywhere without me. So, um, yeah, we're going, we're going there, and you know, then it's February, and then it's wedding season, and how funny is God? Because I'm single, and I'm basically a wedding planner. That's true. That's <laughs> I work true. for a catering company, and we do a lot of weddings. So, then I'll just be gearing up for that. Well, I just am really grateful for you and your honesty and your willingness to share and try and tackle a topic like this yeah and i know so many people are going to be encouraged but where can people find you in your episodes and your podcast and all the things so my podcast is on itunes and it's called a single double named girl um i did one for december and i'm going to do another one for january and then i will pick back up my bi-weekly episodes i'm on instagram i'm not really on twitter and i'm on facebook but i really enjoy instagram that's my thing um it's at, all the people hang out yeah it's at sp mounts like i i'm very transparent a lot on there um but mary scott like i'm gonna end how i would end if we were on my podcast okay this is fun words of affirmation are my thing <laughs> yes and i just want you to know that like again god is so sovereign and good so my grandfather who is deceased hired Mary Scott's grandfather in Columbia, and that's what brought our two families together. Like a, probably 60 years ago. Yeah, very long time ago. And I remember praying with my mom. Like, my mom's biggest prayer for me was to find women who love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And while I do have that, I've, I haven't found someone who kind of got the whole podcast thing that's a woman. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to let you know, like, you're an answer to prayer. Oh. And your encouragement over the past week and just how you live your life and your love for the Mercers, which we can go there. I mean, oh man. Um, <laughs> That's a whole thing. Lord have mercy. But you are you are an answer to prayer. And thank you for walking out your faith. Thank you. Well, this is why we do what we do. Absolutely. Because like Jamie Ivey says, story changes, stories change lives. And that's why we have to do what we do. We all walk with a limp. 
That's and right. so when we share that, we hopefully release some of the bondage that so many people walk in. Yeah. So I'm just so thankful for you. Well, I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for this episode. Yeah, girl. <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk soon. Okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, my word. I honestly am not sure I can find the words to even articulate how thankful I am for Sarah Parker's honesty and her bravery to tackle such difficult questions and topics. Her willingness to let the Lord use her even in a season that she would never desire for herself is a true testament of her faith and trust in God. I pray that if you find yourself in a similar season of singleness and even just dissatisfaction from life, that you would be reminded of God's truth, that He really and truly is working all things for his glory and our good. As always, you can find all of the fun things we talked about in our show notes at BehindTheBlizzPodcast.com. And we are continually blown away by your continued support and kind words. If you have a few minutes today, could you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? It has been so crazy to hear from so many new listeners who solely found out about the podcast from our ratings and reviews on iTunes, and we would love to continue this trend so that more people can feel encouraged on this side of the internet. I am so thankful for all of you and your time and joining us today, and we can't wait to see you again for another episode next week. Thanks, guys, and have a blessed week.